Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap for Season 8, Episode 2, titled Bitch Perfect. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by two amazing co-hosts from the podcast Dubious Intent. Get ready for Daniel J. Brewer. Yeah! I know, we should really get a live audience. We should. We should. That's we, always fun to do it in front of a live audience. We, we should do it. Oh, let's do it in a live audience in front of, in a bar, Joe Batanz. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that, come, that comes from my days of doing stand-up comedy, which I always love about stand-up comedy. You'd be at the bar talking to these comics. Like, you're, they're your friends. You hang out with them all the time. And then they're like, oh, I'm going to start the show now. And then you go like, come up to the stage, Daniel J. Brewer, and people applaud. And then I shake your hand as if that's the first time I've seen you. It, oh, so like, it, then it becomes kind of like that video series that uh, uh, Logo's been posting this past week about stories from the bus where the queens like are like talking to each other for the first time. It's like, wait, you either met each other on the bus for the first time or you met each other in the workroom for the first time. It can't be both. Well, same thing on this episode when Acid Betty says he hit kimchi the first time you met her. And you're like, oh, that's right. And you're like, oh, that's right. We should never bring Taylor on the show now. We never should. Because we just keep him hanging. Okay. <laughs> and from the podcast, Pod is my co-pilot. Say hello, Daniel, to Taylor... The Latte Boy. Hello, Daniel. Hello. She only said cuckoo one time this week. I know. I felt bad for Taylor. There's only one cuckoo that made it in. Was that in both? Uh, in, in in Untucked and the, the main show? Yes. Okay. Yeah, she only said cuckoo one time. But hello, boys. How are you? Hello, Taylor. I'm doing Did, great. Was there anything you wanted to add to what we were saying? I know you were like not officially introduced. No. <laughs> on Reddit, I, I do feel that's a good, it's good. It's an auspicious start to this episode. You know, on Reddit, um, what's funny is some some redditors have taken to calling her just cuckoo. That just that just they'll just refer to her as cuckoo, which I think is a good way of putting her. Well, she kind of looks like the Cocoa Puff cereal box, the bird that that's with the crazy hair. She kind of yeah. looks like that, so that yeah. that would work. Having watched many many uh, videos of her this week, she is committed to that voice. I mean, that is not a fake. You know, what she she commits to that uh, really hard. Oh, did you think it was fake? Well, I'm just saying, you know, well, I thought maybe it was a character voice. Maybe it was like turned up to 11. You know what I'm saying? Like some people may uh, accentuate their bad pronunciation or whether for character reasons. Does that make any sense? Like, you know, like she yeah. may actually talk like Sophia Viraga season one of Modern Family. But on this show, she talks like Sophia Viraga season four of Modern Family. Wait, can you yes. not say her name? So she's a Viraga. <laughs> Sophia Vergara. Yeah, the that's totally what I said. The continued Latino racism con- comes on this show. I have a lot to say about this Latino racism on RuPaul's Drivers. <laughs> I figured you would. I was, I was sitting there watching it. I was kind of uncomfortable sitting well, next to funny. my Cuban boyfriend. <laughs> well, what's funny is my cousin is very like Latino activist, but also mm-hmm. a big fan of RuPaul. So I thought, I go, wait till he fucking sees this episode. He's going to blow his... He called me like, it was a great episode. And wow. I was like, oh, what do you think of that mini challenge? He goes... Meh. It promoted a Latino star, a gay Latino star singer. You know, like oh, okay, whatever. I still have a lot to say about it. I, All lo- right. I love how they didn't yeah. really even say who he was. Really, it's like you. I had to Google the guys. Like, uh, it's just kind of like here's AB Soto. It's just like, wait, who is that? Wait, I, who is this guy? So I had to go look it up. Yeah, I'm yeah. familiar with him. Oh, you are. <laughs> oh. I well, the original version of that song is. I think it's about a year old or so. And every once in a while, it's an earworm that gets in my head. And I'll go back and I'll watch the video. Oh, is it like a cool video or something? No. <laughs> it's but it's it's him in various outfits and Oh, and you think he's handsome? Oh. oh, I think he's handsome. I, oh. I do think he's very much of the again, short, stocky Latino. I know. This was a very sad week for both of you guys today. 
Very sad. Not week. that sad, but all right. Wait, wait, this no, week, wait, wait. My crush was Chi-Chi, not Dax, and I wasn't. It no, but you like you like Dax. Huh? All right, go ahead. This week, the Queen's Dance, the Cha-Cha, and performed in a choreographed lip-sync production of an acapella take on RuPaul Classics. Kim Chi struggled once again with the dance move, while Acid Betty tries her hardest to win the title of Miss Cunt Geniality. I worked for an hour on that joke. In the end, Chi-Chi Devane won a trip overseas to New England, while the bottom two contestants, Layla McQueen and Dax! Exclamation Point, were both sent home packing. Just when you thought the show was over, RuPaul made a phone call, and the episode ended... On a cliffhanger. Ladies, any additional thoughts on the episode? Eh. Oh. <laughs> now, wait, you're, you're saying I thought uh, it was a really good episode. Now, I know that you had it spoiled for you, Taylor, because you, yes. you watched the shows on Tuesday and you foolishly read Facebook. Today. Right. Well, okay. I see. And part of it is my fault and part of it is not my fault because a friend, a mutual friend of ours posted something, posted a link to an article that stated that Layla was eliminated. Right. But I also wasn't necessarily completely surprised by that just because of the way we've all talked about it. Yeah, we called it a month ago. Right. The problem is the link was to naked pictures of Layla. So I clicked on that. Shut up. So I clicked on that. And then the first thing is, even though it was a double eliminate, I was like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. So because of the fact that I tried to look at naked boys at work today... Mm. I, well, let I, me ask you this question, because I will not look at these pictures of Layla McQueen. That, that does not interest me. But it, I, should, I, I, were they having, impressive? Yeah, having seen them, they're, they're not actually naked. You see her butt. You see, you his see butt. her butt, oh. and you see 70s bush. Yeah. That's pretty much the the, the, the extent of it. He's cupping his his uh, twigs and berries, so you just kind of see. Oh. You know that Adam, uh, what is that, Adam Levine stance? You know, kind of, he's just holding his hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but he's he's got full-on 1970s. Raj from what's happening hair going on downstairs. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a really, that's a really obscure <laughs> reference. Not Raj, Raj Dwayne. From... Fuck. I screwed it up. Yeah. It's not even God the right damn reference. It. You know, uh, if, his dick, if his dick was wearing glasses oh, wow. and did that weird dance. <laughs> wow. That's... No, his, his dick is sassy. So it's D, the little sister. I can't well, yeah. Here's the problem is uh, Dwayne, I'm mean, not Dwayne, uh, Layla's shaped like rerun. <laughs> See, I was and trying to Dan- come up. I was trying to come up with a rerun joke, and I was failing. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'm I, like, I like Shirley. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Shirley. Shirley, Shirley. Shirley. Wow. I mean, you dead. Like Shirley's dad. Rerun is dead. Now we're not gonna Mabel, get that big what? Mabel's dead. Oh yeah, Mabel the, King. The mother. Can I Mabel also King? Star, star of that's my mama. Can I she just? Only did one, she only did one season too because she thought the show was racist. Go Can ahead. Can I just say something? Uh, we are so far off the rails. We sound like AfterBuzz TV. <laughs> Oh, here it goes. And then the shots fired. Shots fired. You know what's funny, too? The only episode I can remember is the one where he was, where Rod was supposed to be taking care of D, and also when they met the Doobie Brothers. And I know I've seen oh, every and they, episode. and they bootlegged the uh, yes. Doobie Brothers, and they had to go yes. and apologize to yes. the Doobie right. Brothers. And then the Doobie Brothers stopped the guy that was blackmailing Rerun yeah. by all showing up in the room from different doors, right. and everybody was screaming in the right. audience, because, you know, Michael McDonald was going to beat yeah. the shit out of an actor that yeah. played a scalper. All right, so for because, all of our... Because we know that black urban teens in the 70s were listening to the Doobie Brothers. I was going to say, for all of our listeners under the age of 50, what exactly are we talking <laughs> about here? We're talking about... There once was a TV show called What's Happening. The end. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who wrote that theme song? No. Oh, who? No, I don't know this. Who? Henry Mancini wrote that theme wow. song. Wow. Oh, and the Pink really? Panther. He wrote the Pink Panther mm-hmm. theme song too. Right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh wow. All right. Here we go. All right. 
Those so were drag initial, race. By the way, we had no initial. <laughs> those were their initial thoughts in the episode. All right, back in the workroom after the previous challenge, the girls find their very first lipstick mirror message of the season. It is up to Layla to wipe off Nasha's mirror message, which reads, and Taylor, why don't you take the honors? Dear ladies and monsters, it was a pleasure meeting all of you. Play the cards you are dealt and turn the party. P.S. I love you. Layla, XOXO, the beauty. Fuck, you made me say the beauty. <laughs> Nisha Lopez. Nisha Lopez. Whatever the fuck her name was. Nisha. And I, and Nisha. Uh, I love how you put a, uh, you, she, she misspelled Layla on the, uh, on the mirror. You pointed that out, Joe. That was very nice. Oh, no, no. I just, I just copied it from Wikipedia. <laughs> I, I was, there was no, I'm not putting hearts. Bob the drag queen points out how difficult the competition is once you're in it yourself. While Naomi Smalls takes her shot at challenging Layla McQueen. Blame Layla for being salty about being in the bottom two. I think she's feeling like she's really just blending in. Everyone wants to meet the star, not the entourage. And right now, Layla's just giving entourage. Uh, any thoughts on Naomi coming after? Because Naomi didn't really fight back with to Layla the, uh, in the last episode. Now, this is the same day, but now she looks like she was... Uh, Coming after her a little bit. Any thoughts on that, Daniel? I, th- it's like much to do about nothing, right? It's like, uh, you know, she she made the comment like, "Who do you think up here is not put together?" Uh, Naomi happened to be the one standing right next to her, uh, so you know, yeah, I'm putting on the spot. She says her name, but I don't, I don't know. I, I think it was just kind of like, I guess. Hold on, let me think about this. Time wise, I guess this is the same evening, so I guess it would still be fresh in her mind, kind of a thing. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they also talked in Untucked where she said, I'm really sorry I had to say somebody. She well, goes, that's, that's okay. I expected I expected you that. So it's it's much ado about nothing is a really good term to use because I think it's where they probably were trying to get her to say something to try to create some sort of yeah. drama between the two. The in, the, in the confessional. It's the drama. Yeah. Back in the workroom the next day, the group informs Derek that he isn't the prettiest and Bob does his best impression of the video screen siren. After a short video that sort of relates to the week's challenges, Rue enters the workroom to deliver the mini challenge. Who likes to dance? Good, because for today's mini challenge, we're having a Latin style dance off. Yes. A scandalo. (laughs) I want to see you swing those hips to a song by A.B. Soto featuring me. Cha-cha, bitch. (laughs) Yes. Uh, any thoughts on uh, the challenge? I like this little mini challenge. I, I can tell you this: uh, um, Thorgy Thor was hosting a, uh, a viewing party at um, Metropolis last night, I believe, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that she spilled there was that she she had done an entire like back brace and like drawing on the ground, like was holding up a, a pad and drawing during her little. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, there. yeah. So uh, she there was a lot more filmed. Because <laughs> they all did the full song, so it's like there's a lot more film than it was actually. Said. Oh God! So they had to listen to that song eleven times in a row. <laughs> <sighs> Let me actually read this, and I'll, I'll get into my thoughts on this. Each of the queens shake their cuckoos to the song "Cha Cha Bitch," while RuPaul and singer AB Soto judge the competition. Everyone gave the song their own flair, but all, but in the end, Chichi Devane and Cynthia Lee Fontaine, serving Juliet Lewis realness, <laughs> took home the titles. Um, okay, so when I watched it. On the surface, let me just say this. On the surface, I don't think the the mini challenge. And by the way, this is coming for people who don't know. I'm Latino, and it didn't come off as like crazy racist. Okay, but this is where I think we're gonna get into like the RuPaul psychology here. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I noticed on the show that one, whenever Kim Chi talks or says something, they'll do they'll play a gong. <laughs> I noticed that tonight. Yeah. I thought that was just me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then there's this challenge where Rue was saying, like, crack that shit, like, I'm gonna call immigration on you. Like, really, it's actually just super corny Latino jokes. But here's my thing, which I have no problem with. I have no problem with it is super corny and it's harmless, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a, again a RuPaul thing, and it, goes, and it goes back to the tranny controversy, which I actually side with Rue on. But come on, Queens. Rue is not doing a mammy competition on the show. She's not going to do something where it makes black people look silly or a silly caricature of black people on the show. Which is, if she did that, which I I don't think she should do, but if she did, then I'd be like, okay, well, then you can do your cornball-y uh, uh, Latino and Asian jokes. But if you're not, then you just, I think you have to stay away from everybody then. She well, wouldn't do like a, a Hasidic... Uh, everyone's just like a Hasidic Jew and make Jew jokes, you know. Maybe, maybe, maybe there'll be a gentle, uh, a gentle bin uh, competition yeah. or something. So again, not patently offensive, but I sort of feel it comes from a place of don't attack me, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna make fun of you, which I think is very dangerous. Well, but don't you think that on some level she kind of, while she d- would never do, you're right, she would never do a mammy competition, but a lot of the ghetto speak and stuff like that is kind of. There's a level of it. I could definitely see. I mean, when you've got Derek Barry standing there in a sombrero, there's definitely something a little like, oh, this is yeah. a little off. But there, I think the thing with that and even all of the tranny stuff is one thing that can be said about this show is there is a level of camp on this reality series that isn't on really any other reality series, any other competition show. So when you're showing things like that, I think it comes from a place of camp. That's not to say that it can't be offensive. Yeah, I, well, no, I, I would agree. I, I mean, this isn't a Donald Trump rally, right? I mean, it's not like no, these no, people no, no. are like, you know, it's not coming from a place of malice necessarily. No, you're right. You're right. And I, I, I'm not, I don't think it's coming from a place of malice. I'm not I'm super offended about it. But yeah, but look, when the trannies, when no, but when, when you, when you speak of that community being offensive, it's equally offensive, but even you're, you're not, you're not sensitive about yourself. And one of the things we've learned, if you learn about anything on the root about RuPaul off the show is that queen is very sensitive and will block people on Twitter at the drop of a hat. Um, cannot take a joke about herself, takes herself very, very seriously. And so like, it's one thing to be offensive if you can take it yourself, you know, which is again, if you watch, if you watch Bianca Del Rio, Bianca, Bianca Del Rio, um, makes fun of herself as much as, as much as she makes fun of anybody else. Does that make sense? It's like, come at me, queen, and then I, I get to go at you. So that makes it a little bit more fair. And that does, and that's the thing, too. There's a power imbalance is that they can't go after Rue. It's just sort of weird. You well, know, she's essentially their I boss. I can see that. I Pearl, can see that. Pearl did last year in the library's open. Right? And we saw and, what happened to her. She got immediately ejected from the show. <laughs> and they never showed any of it, where she just went, yeah. RuPaul, and then it was shut down. Okay. Oh no, you're right. You remember there was um you you're talking about the when they did the libraries open, you're right. Yes. When she went to Rue and they shut it. They cut it out. You're right. Oh. They cut it out. So mm-hmm. I just think that there's a really good chance that AB Soto is a total top. <laughs> Let's go back to AB Soto then, yes. <laughs> I don't know anything about AB Soto, but how is he a top when he's wearing like a glitter suit? I, I, it was sarcasm. I was being oh, sarcastic. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, no, okay. he's he's uh, just yeah. Defusing. I know of uh, I know a, of my people, and he has a bottom card as well, I'm sure. If he was a top, yeah. he wouldn't have sat through that song 11 times. He would have been a <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on. RuPaul gathered the girls around after the contest and explained this week's maxi challenge. Ladies, I'm glad you're all warmed up, because this week's maxi challenge is an all-dancing, all-lip-syncing, 
extravaganza. Love it. Choreography. Mm-mm. You'll be competing in two teams in the Dragapella movie, <gasps> Bitch Perfect. Yeah! <laughs> Hashtag Bitch Perfect. Okay. Plus, you'll be meeting with a choreographer who's worked with Miley, Madonna, and J-Lo, honey. The red-hot Jamal Sims. <gasps> Cynthia and Chi-Chi, you won the mini challenge, so you are team captains. Cynthia, your group is the lady bitches, the sweethearts of Dragapella. From the prestigious Lesron Institute of Technology, darling. <laughs> Chi-Chi, your group is Shady Bitches. Mm. Y'all the bad girls from the Lake Titicaca Academy of Braids, Weaves, and Waffles. <laughs> Speaking of, Team Shady Bitches and their captain, Chi-Chi Devane, start to rehearse their parts. It isn't long, though, before Acid Betty starts to attack Chi-Chi for her leadership skills, which leads to some pretty tense moments. I think we should get some choreography together. Let's just worry about that when the time comes. Don't don't confuse yourself. We need to know where you come in first. I think after this we should put something together. Just like don't get scared. I'm not scared. I'm just trying to be prepared. I know. I'm not gonna be unprepared because of you, Boo. Boo. I can sense that Asa definitely wants to be the group leader, but it ain't happening. We need to learn these people where we come fine, in. But first. we gotta start doing something. We can't just sit here sitting here learning words. Let's go from the beginning. Oh, really? Is that all you got? What about these? Is that late, what you're going to be late, doing? Titty, titty, titty. Yeah. No, you're going to be out there. Whatever. Well, we should probably set it instead of whatever. Let's get beyond whatever. Team member Thorgy Thor knows Acid Betty from New York and, in her confessional, gave her two cents on Acid Betty. I've known Betty for, like, ten years. And sometimes, because Betty is so artistic, she gets away with being a fucking asshole. Acid Betty is an asshole, and she knows it, and she loves it. And that's why she doesn't work in New York. She's so demanding and mean to everyone that nobody wants to work with her. You're going to be shamed. You're going to be put down. So, Chi-Chi, good luck. (gasps) 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 Any thoughts on this? this, this, Do you think uh, this is a smart... Do you think Acid Betty is doing this as a... Like, being the villain as some sort of, like, intentional thing that's a plot to... You know, get, I don't know, further on the show? Or do you think that... Uh, Use your words. Use your words. Yeah, Use your words. I know. Go ahead, Taylor. Or, or do you think that it's a, she's just a bitch? Yes. I think the answer to that is yes. I think that she knows... It, one common theme that you seem to hear with all of them, especially this episode, is that they're all talking about the whole idea of falling to the background quickly versus being out front. And she knows that if she needs to get, she wants to get screen time and she wants to get presence in, she's going to have to play a role. And that role may be a bit, maybe to be the bitch. Now, that being said, it sounds like she is, she, she does relish in being an asshole. So that comes very naturally to her. I, I, I kind of think sometimes when I watch these team challenges, if I was leader, what kind of leader I would be. And I think I would be, at least in the beginning of that, it seemed like Chi-Chi was trying to be really nice, just trying to be real relaxed so that nobody tenses up. And then you've got Acid kind of throwing all this shade and anxiety and stuff into, into the mix. And then I think it did, it did ruffle the feathers of Chi-Chi. So, yeah. I, 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 I think, I think it's, it's, it's a little column A and a little column B, too, right? Because if you read the external world's views on this, right, there's been some stuff posted by Acid Betty's ex-boyfriend that kind of implies that she's somewhat of a bitch. Uh, Thorgy Thor, of course, was said so in, just in that clip we just heard that, you know, she knows her in New York and she's very much a bitch. 
Well, also, I might point out, Thor G. Thor also says, you know, well, she's so creative and she's so good at what she does, she can get away with being a bitch. So, I mean, it was kind of a, you know, a mixed bag there. But um, I, I think, yeah, she probably just is one of those people that has a very intense, you know, uh, bitchy kind of personality. And, uh, you know, she's just a very outspoken person for this thing. It's very important for her to be there. So she wants this, you know, she's seen in the seasons past where the weak team is going to be the team that's going to have the people to go home on it. And she desperately doesn't want to be on that weak team. Um, as far as her, you know, being a villain of the show, I think that's more of an editing thing afterwards. You know, it's like we, we can all agree that this contest happened right without musical cues being played and without people doing their little, you know, cutaway, uh, um, diary entries during the course of the day, right? These these things are all assembled later for us to digest. And they may favor picking more of the bitchy comments from her because that's the, you know, the role they want her to play on the show. And it just happens to be that she's, you know, she is a bitch. So, so and it's easy to, to cast her in that role. Does that make any sense? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that there's musical cues and that kind of stuff, but I think right. that ultimately they all are going to do stuff to try to make themselves stand out. Yes. And and the, the the editors and the producers only have enough stuff to work with if they give them things, which is why you didn't really, other than the fact that Kim Chi can't dance, you really didn't see a lot from the other side of the of the team. Yeah, and is I, I wonder if that's because there just wasn't a lot of drama on that side. Like they they were just kind of well, like trying right, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So she made sure that she was going to get you know either way she was going to make sure she got screen time and she was going to stand up for herself and it's. Yeah, that's my but thought. don't you think that's sort of a dangerous game to play? If you look at villains from years past, like Roxy Andrews or Fifi O'Hara, they've kind of paid the price for their bitchiness. No, I don't think so. Because I think, again, I think there's two separate things going on here. It's a very nuanced thing, right? At least in my mind, it's like that they can be. You could be really, really bitchy. You could be totally bitchy. Um, you know, sixty percent of the day. But if you're the winner of the show they're probably not going to show a lot of that bitchy stuff on, you know, they're not going to use those clips. Keep in mind, they record them like, you know, 16 hours a day. So they have mm-hmm. tons of material to work with. They don't have to show the, the parts that are outside of their character that they're, they're choosing to edit them with. So I don't think going in there and being a bitch is going to hurt your chances at all because, you know, ultimately the episodes are judged and the people are sent home based off what happened in the competition, not how, you know, not in their confessionals. Their confessionals are done at the end of the day. So they don't even know what they're saying bitch wise, you know, uh, you know, so. Yeah. And for every Fifi O'Hara, there's a Violet Tchotchke that actually won and everybody would think that she was a bitch through the whole thing. Right. Um, right. And and Fifi O'Hara, I think, has has kind of redeemed herself with, I know she's doing the 365 days of drag on Instagram, that kind of thing. The difference, I think you you mentioned Fifi O'Hara and Roxy Andrews. I think the difference between Fifi O'Hara and Roxy Andrews is Fifi O'Hara was a bitch Whereas Roxy Andrews was a bully. And I think that's that's the issue there. I think that she yeah. was not been as well recepted afterwards as Fifi O'Hara has been because of the fact that she was I think that hit for for a having an audience that is, I would assume, predominantly gay men having somebody bully somebody else on the show, I think, hit a lot of nerves for a lot of people, which is why you don't ever hear a whole lot about her afterwards. Yeah, I think I think there's a big difference between like as as long as Acid Betty continues to just be bitchy and shady, I'm fine with that. But if she actually actively tries to sabotage someone else, that's the the line, right? That's the line where you cross it. It's like, you know, you can be a bitch all you want, but don't like, you know, like steal somebody's dress or you know what i'm saying or i'm not saying this happened but you know what i'm saying don't mm-hmm. don't actually actively try to be a bully like to to try to to get ahead 
All right. Back in rehearsal, Team Shady Bitches continue to fight among themselves as Chi-Chi and Acid Betty continue to bicker. Thorgy tries to inject some comedy into the number, and Dax struggles to pick up the choreography. Meanwhile, Team Lady Bitches, as led by Cynthia Lee Fontaine, assign roles among the team members. But Layla McQueen struggles to find a role for herself. My biggest concern is that I'm going to fade into the background comparatively to all the other girls. So I'm not sure about playing the like little sister, like wannabe Derek Barry, because I probably wouldn't be the best Britney impersonator. Well, too late, honey. (laughs) (laughs) My biggest fear is that I might be, you know, uh, younger and smaller than everyone else. Ah, sorry. You you are. You're younger and smaller than everyone else. But she's like... It looks like she's almost a midget, right? She's a midget, isn't she? <laughs> if like, only well, there was you inter- just went on about sensitivity to various populations, yeah, yeah. and then you just used the phrase Wait. midget. Is midget is midget offensive? Yes. Oh, it is. It is very offensive. You're supposed to say, "I think little person now." Oh, and that might even be offensive. So that might be where I'm talking at both sides of my mouth. But I believe okay, it is me, little me, people. All right, all right, here we go. Here we go. Layla is extraordinarily short. I'm not. I'm not editing this. Screw this. I'm not editing. As she's extraordinarily short, like Tom Thumb. Like she probably sleeps. She probably sleeps in a matchbox, and someone closes it every night. I'm looking. I'm looking on the the Drag Race wiki uh, on her entry, and it does not list her height. Yeah, but if you see her walking out, no, no, yeah, 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 no. She's well. Is Dax incredibly tall, or the only one I actually know the height of is Kim Chi? Because someone, as you'll find out later in the email section, like uh, told us that she's six three out of heels. So it's like I know Kim Chi's six three. So like that's the only one I actually know the height of. So I kind of like until they stand next to Kim Chi, I don't really have an idea of 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 how tall. And I don't get that she's that tall. I know. I think it's just a tall cast this year. Yeah, I think it's a tall. That makes Layla look even smaller because Derek looks really small too. Yeah. But uh, anyway, with um, so, you know, one of the things I'm going to mention this here now, maybe we can pick it up later. But, you know, as we all know, I said it in the front. And I'm, I'm assuming people who are listening to this have watched the episode already. Layla McQueen, no matter what you say about her or whatever she can say about her time on the show, she got a lot of FaceTime for these two episodes. Oh, especially okay? since she's she's from overseas. So that's like that's going to be huge. Layla McQueen's from overseas. She's, no, from, she's, New, not. she's, she's from New England. Oh, oh. <laughs> But Dax exclamation point, like, Dax, we hardly knew ye, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, like, they, he got, like, no screen time. Like, he doesn't even get the side benefit of that, you know? Like, he was barely on camera, and then they just let him go. Yeah, that one hurts a little bit. I was looking forward to seeing more. I, I know we'll talk about this later, but I, yeah. I, that one, when knowing that they were down, knowing that both were being eliminated when I watched the episode when she was in the top two, I kind of like, oh, that one hurts. Yeah. Really? Because you re- you're like people don't see this because they don't see it on camera. But whenever we talk about Layla McQueen, if Daniel, if I'm talking about Layla McQueen or Daniel's talking about Layla McQueen, like Taylor's like a cartoon with his eyes fall out of his head and a tongue falls out. That's how. <laughs> Aruga! Yeah, Aruga! yeah. Oh my no. god, it's so crazy. I'm. You must be heartsick over this. No, I'm. I, I'll. I'll survive. I'll. I'll. I'll uh, I will oh, survive. You, oh, you were. <laughs> she didn't. Yeah. Hey, she you know didn't. what? She's uh, in Massachusetts. She's up here near me. You should come up and visit, and we'll go. We'll take a little road trip and go. Uh, go see her perform in her home bar. So yeah, yeah this, is, this is the first stop here with Layla McQueen. Struggle. She's trying to find a role for herself. Meanwhile, she did a very poor job. Back with Team Shady Bitches, Acid Betty attacks Chi-Chi and the girls for talking about shoes. Have you ever guys there. been in proper shows before where you have to learn choreography and stuff? 
When I was a kid, yeah. Yeah. Like for just, years. Oh, when you were younger. So you don't really know how to like just focus and get it done. Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> we're talking about shoes, I would love to like save the time and figure out what we're doing. This is how the group's gonna go down. So what'd you guys do? Well, we spent time talking about how comfortable these shoes. No, we're not going down. No. I probably should have lumped this with our other acid Betty conversation. Anyone have anything to add here with this? She's just a bitch about the shoes. Yeah, I just thought that. I thought that was stupid. It's just like, for God's sakes. It's like, you, you, even if you're trying to crank it out, you can take, you know, two or three minutes to after you've rehearsed it two or three times to like maybe take a break to before yeah. you get it again. I will say I agree with acid Betty about one thing. Yes. This Naomi Smalls is the prettiest one there. She's so hot, this Naomi Smalls. She's so, you guys don't see it? No. Here's the thing. And this is going to, uh, I would just like to say thank you for pointing out that Kim, she always has a gong played on her because now I'll, I'll hear it. It's like, I would have been fine with Naomi Smalls, but as soon as uh, Violet Chachki said that she had cliffhangers, I can't see anything else. It's like every time I see Naomi in open toe shoes, I'm like, yep, there's her toes clinging over the edge. Oh, of still? Really? Yeah. And actually on her bus video, the one, she actually, it's her and Dax getting, you know, interviewing each other. She even says, it's like, I hate my, I always buy shoes that are too small, two sizes too small because my, my actual size makes me look like I have clown shoes on. It's like, so she, it's like, anyway, I'm just saying now it's like, so to me, I, I can't get past, there's her toes just hanging off the edge there. It, it's, I'm always obsessed with people who who can see that, like, especially fashion people. Like, um, My cousin works in fashion. So whenever I've watched the show with her, she can see like, oh, well, look at that stitching and look at them. Like, how are you? I mean, once, once she points it out, I totally see it, but I would never see it if they didn't point it out and they, they somehow see it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's because that's her career. That's what she does for a living. She points out stitching. I look at people in mental health issues. Oh, Which really? is why I'm on the show with the two of you. <laughs> I know. You must be like, Taylor must be writing a book on us. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. Daniel- Vegas, Vegas every year. And trust me, I'm, I just sit and I journal at night. <laughs> For those of you who don't, we belong to a gay podcasting network. And there's a, tr- there's a Vegas uh, um, expo. expo that happens every year or so. And uh, that's what Taylor's referring to. But Daniel, do you, do you notice any kind of computer stuff? I do. I, I, I'll notice like the code that flashes up on screens when they show screen, you know, like uh, during a show or whatever, where somebody's supposed to be like hacking or whatever. And I'll just be like, that's, that's just like an HTML page. It's like, you know, it's like they, they don't, it's not actual code that's on the page there or something. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll notice stupid little things like that. I'm not good at anything. I don't notice anything. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I will notice though. Here's what I will notice. Cause I, I, I am a pretty good cook. Have you ever seen these videos on Facebook where it's like the tasty ones? Or like, and yes. They, I hate those. Them pissed me off so well i'll tell you why because it'll be like they chop up like one strawberry like really fast and everything's really fast right and then they go like now do it for 150 strawberries and you're like wait what that that do you do people realize it doesn't take 30 seconds to make this dish that it takes like two hours and then some of them look gross some yeah. look disgusting the the problem i have with those and we're i know we're getting ready to the the, the, the train's wobbling on the rails right now but <laughs> the problem with those is one they feed into people with short attention spans that and cooking is not something that is a short attention span activity. Also, when you compare that to something like on a cooking channel show or food network or something like that, there is something one of the reasons that people like shows like that is one, they're very calming, usually. And there is something very elegant about when even if it's somebody standing at a countertop chopping stuff up, there's something very elegant about the way they're doing it. It was very choreographed. There's a much very much dance to it. So when I watch those, they actually piss me off. Plus, everything uses like, you know, Pillsbury croissant, croissant like rolls and butter melted butter and all that kind of stuff it's just uh-huh. it's very basic to me hmm. rue enters the workroom <laughs> to visit each of the groups 
First up is Team Lady Bitches. Things don't start off well when team leader Cynthia Lee Fontaine forgets the name of her own group, and Kim Chi admits she has never heard of the movie Pitch Perfect. Finally, Rue consults with Layla about Layla's struggles in the competition so far. So now, Layla, why do you think he wound up in the bottom two? Well, the photo with Matthew was definitely less than amazing. Right, because, you know, you were scrunched over. You weren't shining through. How are you going to shine through in this challenge? I ain't going to be squatting down and sitting in the back. I'm going to come forward and be present. Well, you know, a no, lot of girls say that. There's more strategy to it than that. You realize that. Yes, ma'am. I get it. I need to bring myself up to the level of the other girls so I can be like, I'm here too. It's not just them. I am here. That oh, is, you're still you know, here? You can go home now. Yeah, I was going to say, that's uh-huh. such a bad argument. No, the point isn't to say, oh, I'm here. The point is to say I'm better than them. It's like it's a competition. You want to win the competition. Just just being equal to people is not going to, to cut well, it. Well, here's the here's thing, too. We'll probably talk about this at some point when we get to the end. But someone asked me earlier this week, do you think that uh, they cast weak people on the show intentionally? And I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They need people they can just, like, discard right away for plot purposes. Right. You know? And I think... Layla McQueen. I, I know there are a lot of Reddit users who are huge Layla McQueen stands, but um, I'm not one of them. I think she's kind of sloppy and weak. Am I wrong? You know what? Here's the thing. If I were to go see Layla McQueen at a show, I'm sure she'd be great. You know, if I were to go, you know, drive the, the hour to go over and watch her in Gloucester or whatever, it's like, I'm sure she'd be great. I, I would probably have a really good time. Uh, you know, it's her home bar. She has her own her own things. Or whatever. This is, you know, this is this is a competition that makes people do things outside of what they normally do, right? It's like when I go to my my local drag bar and watch a performance, let's say from friend of the show Veronica Mann, right? That's something that she's prepared to do. She's she has an outfit set, she's worked on it for a week or two weeks, you know, she's got choreography, she's got, you know, her her number prepared and everything like that. When we're watching them on RuPaul's Drag Race, this is something that they had six hours to throw together that's not something that they necessarily knew to do. So, you know, we're not seeing them at their polished best. Right. That's kind of the whole point. So I don't I don't hate Layla. I don't think any of them are bad queens. I think some of them thrive more in that kind of environment uh, than others. So Taylor, any thoughts? Uh, I actually it's funny. I'd like to come back to something that Daniel just said about the about too late. But no, hold on. (laughs) I'm kidding. I for those of you listening, Joe's camera's not working, so we can't see his we can't see his face. So, yeah, that's the other thing that's a little distracting with this. But um yeah, I don't, as much as I, when we did the Meet the Queens thing, I was all like, that's the first one going home, she's horrible, that kind of stuff. I would agree, if I knew that I was going to see a show like Layla McQueen gave in the lip sync last week, with the with the red hair and everything, that would be something that I would be like, I'll go see that, absolutely. This week, and I know we'll get to it later, if I thought that's what I was going to go see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother. Yeah. Well, I was talking to someone today about, I'm constantly talking about Drag Race, and I was saying, you know, what's funny is now with Layla gone, maybe one or two of them, I can't even think of who they are, but I have to think about it, but um, it's a really strong group of queens left. Usually it's down, like, this is like top six level or top seven level. Like, all the queens are pretty strong. I think there's a couple of weak ones. (laughs) Naomi. (laughs) Yeah. And Chi-Chi. I yes. Think, yes. I think Chi-Chi's well, gonna, yeah. Oh, wait, no, no, Chi-Chi. no, 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 not Chi-Chi. The the Cuckoo. I think Cuckoo and Naomi are the are the two weakest at this point in my mind. But that's 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 me. Yeah. You can't call Chi-Chi weak. We'll talk about her performance later. There's no way after her performance you could call that weak. Oh, look who's defending the person they <laughs> think is hot now. Look at that. And that was I was very polite when you called my boyfriend the one of the weak ones. 
And I want everyone to know, everyone came down on me about Pearl last year. <laughs> and look what happened. You know what it is? It's so weird. I was thinking that today when I was watching the show. It's like Naomi's voice is similar to Pearl. They both have that, like, uh, I've been chain smoking for 15 years kind of. The vocal yeah. fry. The vocal, vocal fry, fry like crazy. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Naomi thinks she's Beyonce. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Moving on. Um, we did that already. Okay, next, Rue visits. Vi- blah, 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 blah. Next, Rue visits with the shady bitches and the team. Conflict quickly comes out in full force. I prefer the whole thing to be choreographed. I feel safer, and I think I'm having a hard time getting her to actually put down the steps. Maybe she'd be more of a tyrant. I cannot be a tyrant. That's not in my blood. I think I'll give that part to Acid Day. Oh, yeah. Are you a tyrant, Acid Betty? No, I haven't shown that side yet. Well, she's the leader, so I'm letting her kind of make yeah. decisions. Right before the break, Rue introduces the girls of the newest feature on the show, The Shade Tree, a room where the queens can escape to complain whenever they feel the need. Uh, ladies, what do we think about more Acid Betty? And um, do you think that's, that's kind of what's, what's so funny, Daniel? Uh, I, 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 I want to talk about the shade tree, but go ahead. Go, yeah. Go, 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 uh, yeah, I didn't pull a shade tree clip. I Me wanted too. to, though, because um, did anybody here watch Adventure Time? <laughs> no. I've seen Adventure Time, yes. There's a little character called Bemo on there, and I felt like um, through the vo- <laughs> the way the sound was in the shade tree, Kim Chi, who that's what they used in there, yeah. sounded like Bemo. I didn't Here's pull a, the clip. But. I couldn't even get past. To me, it was just kind of like, wait a second. Most of the country, at least in the United States, gets logo in SD. Wait, we don't get logo in HD on most cable systems here in the United States. So it already looks like shit. And their whole thing about the shade tree thing, they use a camera that basically films in a lower resolution than the rest of it. So it's like, it looks even shittier. It's just kind of Daniel, it's real. No, it looks even... So the sound is shitty and the picture is even shittier because I I do what... I don't know who else does. I, I watch it at a bar in you know as it's aired so i'm watching it in sd and it looks like complete crap there and then i download it the next day you know in hd and i watch it mm-hmm. to rewatch it to, to to write down notes and stuff so even in hd today it looked like crap it's like that whole shade tree it's like oh my god this is this is a production nightmare it's horrible sorry i guess they want these people to really really just always talk because i mean they do they go they do confessionals once a day i mean they're doing all this drama and uh, they have to do more of it. But I guess it's, it's, it's for them to let off steam when they need to. And it also gives the producers insight of like, oh, we should take it here. Right. Maybe I, they don't I get think it's the confessionals. dumb. Yeah, the confessionals. <laughs> are they, yeah. It, it feels very, it's very similar to a top model, America's Next Top Model. And I get that there is the whole idea of that this show is a combination of top model plus Project Runway with a lot of stuff. But I, it just felt a little too like, oh, this is 10 years ago. Plus, it's also very real world. You know, that's the whole idea. This it, They're going backwards now yeah. for ideas, which I mm-hmm. didn't it like. Is. I think it's more like like Big Brother UK, which this may have been where this came from because M- Michelle was on Big Brother, uh, Celebrity Big Brother UK. So Big Brother UK is, is a complete live, you know, like they live stream it all the time and they it's on every single night there. And so what they do instead of doing confessionals at the end of the day is that they, you know, the confessionals has happen as they happen, right? You go into the diary room and you do your confessional during the day. Whereas this show and some other reality shows Clearly, you know, it's at the end of the day or every other day because they always wear the same outfit so that all their confessionals that, that we see, they're wearing the same outfit. But it's so they're basically being asked to remember things that happened before, whereas putting the shade tree room. So I'm not opposed to the idea of, you know, 
giving them an outlet so that if something big happens, they can go and blow, you know, blow off steam right there. They can talk about it just happened as opposed to trying to remember it later. Well, they also clearly use the confessional to give the queen something to say. Like they, I, you can tell they feed them things because then they're clearly using them as a narrative voice to push the story along. I don't remember what it was this week that the person said blankety blank. And I was like, they're not. No one's saying that on their own. You know? Oh, Jamal Sims, the guy who choreographed Madonna and uh, Miley Cyrus is here. You're like, really? Is ordering? <laughs> After the break, Team Lady Bitches is led by Cynthia Lee Fontaine. Get some time with choreographer, choreographer, Jamal choreographer Sims. Jamal Sims. <laughs> God. Kim Chi struggles with the moves, and Layla struggles to combine her moves with the needed to stand out. I cannot read today. Meanwhile, Team Lady Bitches is led by Chichi Devane. Impress Jamal with their basic choreography. Unfortunately, Dax's attitude about the choreography does not sit well with Jamal. Dex's attitude was really off-putting to me just because it didn't feel like she really wanted to do it. I think there's a lot of insecurity there when it comes to the choreography. During her confessional, Dax promises to perfect the choreography by Showtime. It means a lot for me to be here. And I don't want to have to go back to Savannah and find some shitty day job picking up dog shit or, you know, just doing random sporadic shows and dive bars. Like, I want to take over the world. And I want to do it now. And I want to do it with drag. So I will make it work. It's like a super villain line. This is a little awkward, Dex. <laughs> but can you pick up my dog's shit? <laughs> And I hope that she was watching that in some shitty dive bar to where she yeah. turned around and it was just getting glares from everybody in the bar. Yeah. But keep in mind, uh, keep in mind, this is two episodes now. This is a very subtle thing. This is two episodes in a row where dog shit has played a role. Remember, uh, Robbie Turner in her bitch thing was holding a bag of dog poop on her runway look. And now here's Jax talking about going around and picking up people's dog poop as a job, which I'm unfamiliar with this job, but I guess that's a job to go around and pick up dog poop. Is that a job? That's quite an overarching theme that you found over the course of the multiple episodes there. That's very impressive. Daniel's really good at extrapolating information and, you know, seeing themes and episodes and whatnot. He's really good at that. I know my shit. Apparently. (laughs) There it is. Apparently. Everyone downloaded the podcast for that show. Oh, my God. Okay, I have a question slash comment. Slash okay, back in rehearsal, Chi Chi. <laughs> no, go ahead, Taylor. Sorry. Okay, this is a common trope that is done on multiple shows like this, especially competition shows like this, where you've got the person or people that can't seem to figure out the dance moves or don't do really well with, you know, right. acting things or that sort of thing. They're so uncomfortable, they're so uncomfortable, and they lead up to this for like 45 minutes and then they show the final presentation and everything goes off without a hitch. Right. It's boring. You knew going in that, you know, Dax couldn't figure out the whole arm thing. You knew that was going to happen, that there wasn't going to be an issue with it. You knew that they were going to figure out a way to get Kim Chi to dance without it being where she was going to trip on herself or anything like that. They do this on Project Runaway. I hate it when they do it where somebody can't figure out an outfit and then magically they're the winner. When one of you guys said a little while ago, the team that's having problems. They didn't want to be the ones where it's always seems to be the team that they show that has the most problems seems to be the team that rises from the ashes. Right. And we've seen this before. It's a, give us something new, give us a new take on this. And it's, it's just, it, it bothers me. Well, look, this is a, a, a good discussion to have here is um, it's funny with RuPaul's drag race, they try and go outside of the box and we get season seven where here they're bringing back very comfortable, uh, 
tropes that they used to do for seasons one through six, and we're we love them and we criticize them, you know. So because it, it does feel back to it in its swing of things, but like you can already see they're setting up Kim Chi to be, you know. Like, oh, she can't dance and she's struggling. And meanwhile, that bitch is not struggling whatsoever. That's just the narrative that they've written. Yeah. But even on season seven, when they would do the million acting challenges, it always uh, seemed like the team that wasn't getting along and this one can't remember their lines and this one doesn't know mm-hmm. their, like Pearl didn't know where to stand at one point. Those are the teams that do better. That it's, it, it's, it's, it'd be one thing if it was a surprise every once in a while, but it seems like it's every single episode when there are these team challenges, the ones that are having, the, that they seem to be showing the most as having the most of the struggle are the teams that do better. Right. So you kind of know going in, oh, but they're showing all them fighting and this one doesn't know a dance move, so they're yeah, probably going to be in, the one that wins. In fairness, though, the bottom three this week was Kim Chi, Layla, and Dax. And we did spend a lot of time on those three having trouble with that dance, you know, with, with, with the you know, specifically, we singled those three out as like you know, Kim Chi yeah. and Layla had to do their own step touch thing for him, you know, on their own. And Dax, you know, was yeah, you know, as we just heard, couldn't get her her shit together. So yeah, yeah, I agree with you trope wise, but I'm just saying, you know, in some cases, it just makes a good narrative, right? Is that they they are the bottom three, and we know in in hindsight now that Kim Chi didn't go home, but there was you know, as I was watching it last night in the bar, it's like oh my god, Kim Chi may go home. You know, it was kind of. Yeah. Back in rehearsal, Chi-Chi and Acid Betty attack each other again. This time, Acid Betty promises to throw Chi-Chi under the bus if the team comes under fire for its performance. I'm lost. This is clip 12? Clip 12. Do a good job or you're going to have to lipstick against me. Oops. Why do you think you're going to be in the bottom? Because I'm the team captain. They're going to say the team captain should have everybody at her, at her level. Yes, but I'll be the first person to be like, she did a fucking good job as captain. Well, at least you'll be nice about it, though. Cause she gonna throw me under the bush. Fuck yeah, I'll be honest as fuck. She what was, did I do? You were like, at least I can lip sync for myself. I know it's gonna be all bad. That's what you did. But then yeah, I let's pulled pull it back the together. together. Yeah, you can I say like, you no can bitch, say that if they no. ask me. Exactly. Betty is being so negative and like counterproductive. And I'm like, oh my god, this is so stupid. It is what it is. Just hope you're not lip syncing against me, darling. She's so cute. I don't have time to coddle this girl. We're both on this competition together. When that bus comes by, I'm gonna throw her first. I told her that too. You know, I pulled the clip because it was an interesting fight. I have no idea what they were fighting about. They, Chi Chi was just frustrated and was thinking that because she was the team leader, she was going to go home, which is, you know, something that's happened in past seasons, right? On yeah. many different shows. Like you, you were the team captain and you should have pulled your shit together, you know? So even though you weren't the worst, you were the captain of the worst. So. But then why did Acid Betty get angry with her saying that they would have to. Because that's where you got, con- I, I, yeah, I got what Chi Chi was saying. I was just like, what's, what's Acid Betty's angle here about? Because Acid Betty was just like, you're, you're basically saying that we're going to fail or something like that. Yeah. I but then it, she was saying they're going to fail. I know. It was a very, it was Acid Betty is like the Fred Goldman of this show. I don't know. She, she contradicts herself multiple times in an argument. I don't know. Fred For Goldman, you, the guy who's OJ Simpson's son killed or yes. OJ Simpson's. What the hell does Fred Goldman have to that was so said, bizarre. It's currently on TV. I just saw an interview yeah. with him today where he basically said, uh, this is horrible. They shouldn't be showing this as TV because, uh, you know, this is just part of my life and this is like really hurting my feelings. And then in the exact same interview, he goes, and uh, my son's not even really part of this show because it seems to be all about the lawyers. And I'm like, wait, it's either it's either a horrible thing or it's about the law. You know, you can't like say, oh, you shouldn't show this. By the way, you should also put my son in it more. Right. It's just kind of like one of those. It's a, it's a contradictory argument. That's all I was saying. 
Oh, it was. I'm cutting this that's out. Still, I'm that's still, this no, out. no, no, you're no, not allowed you to cut this not out. Not cutting this. Don't out. cut this out. We will talk about Fred Goldman for the rest of the <laughs> yeah. episode. We will yeah, sprinkle in keep... Fred Goldman so that it has to be kept <laughs> in for continuity. Fact, you know what? I'm changing Chi-Chi's name to Fred Goldman. <laughs> <laughs> it's elimination day, and the girls are in the workroom putting on their makeup. And wouldn't you know? This is when the girls show reveal. When the girls reveal their true selves as they beat their faces in the mirror. Kim Chi and Fred Goldman bond over the difficulty of the challenge. Fred Goldman talks about his former life as a gang member. And Kim Chi makes a startling confession. Growing up, I was definitely an outsider. The weird, fat, art kid who had a strong lisp and a strong accent. And that's why I just really never learned how to dance and never learned how to like feel the music. I used to be 350 pounds. 350? Yeah. Until about three and a half years ago. Wow. Obviously, like, I'm not as fat as I was before, but the fat kid is, like, still in me. Yeah, no, it never goes away, girl. That's how it was. Like, when you're fat, people just, like, don't treat you like... Like a person? Yeah. Like, taking public transit, people never sit next to you. Really? You notice things like that? All the time. Because of those experiences, I'm still learning how to be confident in myself and how to be comfortable in my own skin. But just like all the other things I'm doing here, I want to commit to it and become better. Did people start hating on you when you lost the weight? I'm still a virgin, so no. What? What? That is very shocking. You know what? It just dawned on me. I don't know why this hasn't dawned on me before. There are no really big girls this year, are there? No, the people no. have commented on it. There's no big I, girls. I, did, I didn't even notice that really. It was just kind of like, uh, and I've I've seen this show three times now. So it's like for this now mm-hmm. to just while I'm listening to this clip for the fourth time, it sinks in. It's like, wait, there's no fat people on this show. Uh, you know, uh, what? I want to get to Kim Chi and her confession, but I do want to talk about the little bit of the mechanics of the show. How weird that everyone at the makeup table had their fat kid photos with them <laughs> that they brought with them to the show. It's like Ginger Minj last year, right? Where she, hmm. look, I was a horrible person. Well, I pretty much still am. And look, I have a photo here that shows that. <laughs> Let me I, see. I have to make sure I pack all my dresses <laughs> and, you know, the, my, oh, the, the books that right, have the, the patterns and my fat kid photos. Right. But this isn't even a trope. This is what they tell them to do, right? If you've ever talked to a reality show contestant, like after the fact, right? They've ever seen an interview with them, whatever, they'll always tell you. It's like, yeah, the producers do so many different interviews with you before and they'll say, Oh, why don't you bring that with you? Or it's like, make sure you have this here. You know, it's like they, yeah. they always steer them along those things. And you know, in the one hand, yeah, it's a great story, right? It's a great story that Kim Chi used to be really big and now she's not. Although the picture that they showed of Kim Chi, you know, as supposedly this hideous overweight, you know, sea creature or whatever, it did not look that bad to me. I'm just like going like Latrice Royale is bigger than that. And it's like they people sit next to her on the bus. It's just like, uh, you know, you're, you're making how, it wait, sound how do like... You, how, wait, 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 wait. Wait, there's you a have personal there. knowledge of who sits next to Latrice Royale on a bus? You're telling me that... <laughs> just saying there's people larger than she was in that photograph that I see on the subway all the time, right? It's just like... Uh... Or that Latrice Royale is taking the bus. <laughs> she might be. People don't sit next to Latrice Royale on the bus because she's fat. They don't sit next to her for other horrible reasons. <laughs> That we're not going to say here. Get these nuts out of my, my face. face. I think okay, I have I have a couple of thoughts about that whole section. That was that as uh, as a kid who was bullied in middle school and stuff like that. That definitely, as we talked about before with the Roxy Anderson's everything, that that definitely kind of hit a nerve to watch that, and that made me sad for Kimchi. I will say, as somebody who kind of made fun of her 
the first couple of episodes, it did. It, I did feel a little bad then ha- having heard some of her backstory. What I didn't get was she made two statements and immediately Betty did the whole what and like yeah. grabbed a hold of her arm, like very dramatic. Like it could have yeah. been, could you hand me that brush? What? <laughs> that was just very annoying. That's all. <laughs> what? Let me grab my fat photos. Yeah. Let me grab my fat photos for you. Acid Betty was one of the, by the way, Acid Betty was not that fat. Yeah. Some of them were. None of them fat. were. I don't think any of them were. We're podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. Anyway, okay. okay. Uh, all right. Here we go. Um, RuPaul ent- is on the main stage. RuPaul enters the main stage stunning, as always, and introduces this week's judges. Lucian Piani, Jamal Sims, and Esther Dean. The girls get the chance to show off their dancing and lip-syncing skills uh, on Bitch Perfect as the two teams finally go head-to-head during their performance of Bitch Perfect, a corny parody of Pitch Perfect that uses RuPaul's greatest hits as the acapella numbers, a performance so energetic that Cynthia Lee Fontaine's shoe... Flew off during the finale. Um, any thoughts on the performance? Uh, the performance was okay. I, I it, the I liked the the shady bitches more because they looked different, whereas the other ones all looked exactly the same. And ironically, they all kind of look like Britney Spears, yeah. which I know that was the whole thing last week. They said don't come out looking like Britney Spears, which for the runway look, she certainly did not. But we'll get to that later. Um. I liked RuPaul's. We didn't talk about RuPaul's dress last week. I know that was something that you guys always talked about, how she looked. Um, This week, it reminded me in a good way of like 70s Christmas holiday wrapping paper, like the the, the geometric patterns and stuff. That's kind of the the, what I got from that. So I I liked this week's look from her. Let me tell you this. I don't know about this movie because I think I was in Korea at the time. So I don't know when it came out. Um, But... um, (laughs) You know, you're bringing something up. I'm going to look up Pitch Perfect, too, because that's what they're talking about. But, you know, I think I think Rue had to do some math in her head because I bet you Pitch Perfect 2 was out actually at that time. Yeah. And then she had to do math in her head. Yeah. It came out in 2015 on May 14th. Yeah. So it had only really been like a couple of months old. Right. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing is I love that performance so hard. And in fairness, I love the drag dragzilla or the dragoni. What was he? Uh, Glamazon airways last year the uh-huh. yeah. what was it called but those oh i've watched i've watched this episode at least four times but i've watched that number bits perfect no less than 10 times it's like i love it it's like i like the music in it i like the dancing in it i like the whole you know uh it, i don't know it just I, I really really like that number the funniest thing i thought was not her shoe flying off and i didn't pick this up until like the fourth or fifth time i was watching it her shoe flies off you can't see it but then behind her, Acid Betty has to lean down and pick up broken things off the runway. Oh, I didn't know. Throw that. them so to the I, side. I, yeah, it was just kind of like I don't know what it was that she picked up because you know even in HD it wasn't clear enough to see what she was picking up. But it's like yeah, it was just kind of like she was right behind Cynthia and she had to lean down and pick two things up and throw them off the stage um, that was not her shoe. So also oh, her shoe she, had a strap over the top of it. How did she kick that thing off? Like she had a yeah. It couldn't handle her cuckoo. <laughs> 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 flying off her foot uh the runway look the red carpet realness uh was the theme uh did you guys have any thoughts on any of the queens you know this is not my forte i don't right. know anything about fashion. i actually took the time today to uh, if you go into the uh the little shared drive there there's a document called runway looks 
uh, where I actually took the screenshot from each of the queens. Oh, really? So we can smart, Daniel Barrera. Yeah. So let's just go straight down the row here. So Cynthia Lee Fontaine was the first. She came out in a smart little uh, uh, gold kind of beaded number there with a, with a, I don't know, what do you call that, Taylor? The little empress waist or something empire waist yeah empire waist there so. uh, i couldn't even tell you what that is you should never ask me <laughs> i'm i'm I, the thing that i thought with this one is i can't i don't understand how an empire waist makes someone look boxy but somehow <laughs> this one managed to do it as far as she goes i think this is a really great look for her i, I really did like it i like the way well, but did you hear they said she looked like valerie harper yeah. at the end and when they said that she turned on i'm like oh my god she does she does she looks like uh, she was followed by bob the drag queen this is possibly my favorite bob the drag queen look i like the sheer little- i really i really like last week's I don't remember what he did. Last week was the curtains. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the one he were... made. But I think I like this one even better than the one he made. I, I like the, you know, it's the Naomi Smalls legs, but done tastefully, right? Instead Do you want of... to describe it at all? Or... Yeah, so it's like, a, it's the, it's the he's basically wearing, you know, his legs are exposed, but it's covered by a, a floor-length sheer black covering of the dress. It's a, a, a wrap uh, skirt. And look at those giant Wheezy Jefferson earrings, yeah. too. I was going to say, my thought when she came out was Roxy Roker realness. That oh, kind of yeah, is what, what I get. Roxy Roker is better. You're right. I yeah. really like the silhouette underneath the sheer there. I thought it, you know, it was it read female to me. It read, you know, like really sexy. I, I, I liked it. Uh, my thought with her, and this is something that I think she's going to get called on eventually is I get that she's kind of doing the whole gender fuck thing and mm-hmm. she's that sort of thing. She looked like a man in a dress in this. Really? I thought she with the big shoulders and the arms and everything, she's got to be careful about this because depending on what she wears in the future, that, Michelle will call her on that. Wow. All right. We, we disagree on that. Derek Barry, I, I have a feeling we're going to disagree on this too. Cause I hated this look. So I, I don't know. Oh no, I hated this look okay, too. Good. Yeah. It, it looked, the, the, oh, the, the, oh, and Joe, you did you did you like but, it? I mean, I don't see anything wrong. I don't I don't, I don't like it, but I don't hate it. It's H and M. Hate about it? H and M off the rack, kind of like I'm I'm a thin girl that can wear anything, so I'm going to wear just whatever the fuck uh-huh. jumps out. It's I, like and it wasn't even the dress. The wig was horrible. It was it was horrible? And Bob's wig looked really good on the runway, but in untucked when you saw it more close up after the, it, it had some issues with the you know the front weaving there. But yeah, it's. Yeah, I didn't like Derek's wig. I didn't like the dress. The whole look was just kind of off. Yeah. I didn't care mm-hmm. for it. Uh, Layla McQueen was next, and I kind of liked it. I know that it... I- I know She's that wearing you, some sort of green number with this light blue hair. It looks awful. I don't you like this poor, unfortunate soul. <laughs> so you're making it because she looks like uh, Ursula. Ursula. She looks like Mermaid. Ursula. She just looks... She just looked wow. horrible in it. I thought, you know, for goth look, I thought it was kind of, you know, or like that punk or whatever, like rocker chick kind of thing. I mean, I don't know. I... It's very MTV Music Awards kind of. I can but see someone showing up. The problem is it's a purple and green dress with sky blue hair and then navy blue lips. It, it, nothing. Mm-hmm. And it, from this picture, it also looks and that might just be the lighting. It looks like she's wearing some sort of light purplish red leggings, yeah, which I know actually now, now that I remember she's not. But yeah, it's just the whole thing. Nothing matches. Everything's yeah. just off. Okay. Uh, Robbie Turner came out in a theoretically a Vera Wing uh, wedding dress that was dyed red. Why do you say? Why do you say theoretically? <laughs> so she claims in her voiceover that it was a Vera Wang wedding dress. Uh, in Untucked, Bob the drag queen joked about it being an H and M dress, and then Thorgy Thor in his uh, uh, between the commercial breaks last night uh, stated that the dress cost forty thousand dollars, which I find impossible. But yeah. why? I 
because Robbie Turner isn't a millionaire. It's like forty thousand dollars for a dress. It's like you know maybe four. It might have retailed for forty thousand, yeah. but she might have picked it up at some David's, David's bridal thing off the rack. But if she wins, that's a hundred thousand dollar baby, which would be two point two dresses. <laughs> Here's like it looked horrible in H in SD. It looked just a big red blob on the screen and on at the bar. But like two point five, by the way, when I watched it in thank you, when I watched it in uh, HD today, it looked a lot better today. Yeah, I watched it in HD tonight and thought it was actually a very it's a very beautiful dress. My problem with Robbie Turner is. Okay, remember when we were kids and there was a show that nope. involved somebody in drag on TV and it was always kind of clear that it was a man, but they had the really harsh makeup on, but it was supposed to be kind of a... That's when I see Robbie Turner with makeup on now. That's what I picture. I picture that like from the Designing Women episode when they all went to New Orleans, like that like that kind of... that. That's her face. Plus, Cal Holbrook in drag. Right. Well, not, <laughs> no, but I mean that whole like... You know, when Gene Hackman was in the birdcage, yeah, like I was actually that going kind to say of, that, yeah. That kind of look, that's her, the way she does her face, that's what I get out of that. And it's true. When she was sitting at the mirror doing her makeup, I was just like, that's really why. I mean, you've just completely made a blank canvas. You know what I'm saying? It's like she, she the base and the foundation that she was putting on when she was doing her makeup ne- next to, when Chi Chi was talking about having a gun and being a gangbanger, you got a really close up of Robbie. And it was just like, wow, that's that's really yeah. bad. Who just deleted that? It was uh, Kim I, Chi. I, I don't know. I did it by accident. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Kim Chi is the next one that we have there. Here, I'll undo it. Uh, and she is uh, wearing her floor length uh, dress that she can't walk in. <laughs> I love this. It, it was a great it was a great look, I thought. I, I mean, all the judges said so. So I'll take that. It was all right. Well, I had read that that she actually was nervous about going home. And so she pulled out like this was not the most she wasn't going to do this dress this week. Uh, I heard that. And also. Yeah, I think I think I saw that on Reddit. And um, uh, so she pulled it out. But I was like, Meh, it was OK. That's her best dress. A lot of these things. I don't know um, if you watch. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Batanz is learning the joys of Google documents <laughs> and is like making comments all over the things while we're trying to look at this. Um <laughs> It's a collaborative tool. It's amazing. Uh, the the thing, I don't know if you've watched a lot of HGTV, especially like wood stuff where they stain wood and it's like they'll stain a wood door and, mm-hmm. and they'll put it up and everyone will be like, oh my God, that looks so great. And, like, and on TV, it looks like shit. And it's just like, because wood grain is so fine that even in HD, it's not, you know, it's not enough detail for you to really get the the view of it. Maybe this dress is like that because they all were kind of ooing and aahing over it, but it really just kind of red is kind of, you know. It, it's a beige, you know, kind of. Just want to person, personally relate when, when I've been to the finale a couple of times, mm-hmm. and um, when you go to the finale, you'll see these dresses in person, and they just blow you away. Like maybe they're very, very sparkly, yeah. or there's something really dramatic about them that just doesn't play on TV. Right. Like I know, like for instance, Bianca Del Rio came out in that silver outfit that now is iconic. But when I was there, I mean, it was blinding how glittery it was, and which I don't think played necessarily as well on the television um fine I'm, uh we well, got three more uh so chichi devane comes out in the red dress which actually looked great on tv i like the the red dress yeah i would agree with that yeah. michelle Versage didn't like it but I, I liked it uh naomi smalls if you look right there you can see the the cliffhangers on that picture right there <laughs> you can her toes just curling over the edge of that shoe there 
I like this look. I like this look. I want her to have a chest, though. That's the only thing. I'm tired of the weird boy I chest. I think that's the young thing, age. though. Isn't that kind of a, a modern thing where, like, uh, modern female models are, are you know, are tending more flat-chested now or more androgynous kind of? In I guess. I, and I understand that she's very thin and that she would look like an oil rig if she had the big, huge, like, the chest plate. But right. do something to where it looks like you have a little bit of padding. Uh, and then Acid Betty with her cell phone, her Bluetooth earpiece there. Um, it looked really good. It did. It was, it was mean, an awesome. She does look great when she does it. It is. I agree with, I don't remember the judge's name from Pitch Perfect, the the lady that wrote the song. Esther Dean. Yes. I agree with her. I do not like the bottom. I would have preferred this so much better if it had just been, you know, nude all the way down without the bottom part on that. Uh, yeah. I, I get that it's couture. I get that that's a thing. I just... It, she looks like a statue. She looks like she's cemented onto the stage there when she stands still like that. Uh, and then we're followed by uh, Dax exclamation point with uh, this. So disappointing. I didn't like that. I did not like this outfit at all. I don't th- yeah, it was. Is it was it supposed to be Asian? You know, with the big flower in her hair and this in the green and the gold, kind of like that misty green and gold. It was it was a confusing look for me. I think she was trying to be like Billie Holiday with the big with the big flowers in her hair, but it just didn't. The, the color the colors were way off on my TV that it, it just didn't they make were, any sense. And in her final lip sync challenge, when she pulled the gold piece out, it looked a hundred times better. All the difference yeah. in the world. It's, it's like, I thought the same thing. It's like, girl, you should have just not had the damn gold thing in there to start with. Uh, and then finally, uh, Thorgy Thor coming out in her smartly made jumpsuit. Uh-huh. I want to thank both of you, by the way, because now. I can't look at her and not think of Gilda Radner every time I see her. We have an email tonight that has pointed out another person on TV that she looks like, which is dead on, which we will get to when we get to the email later. But those are the looks uh, from the runway this week. I, I uh, So there you go. Do any of them like stand out to you, uh, Joe? Or No, I'm terrible at this part. Terrible. Uh, with all of the girls back on the main stage, Rube Paul and the rest of the judges gave their critiques on the top and bottom performing queens of the week. Chi-Chi, Thorgy, and Acid Betty felt the love. Kim was somewhere in the middle, while the bottom two consisted of Layla McQueen and Dax! Exclamation point. First, the queen's critique, Layla McQueen. Hello, Layla. I think the dress is pretty. The problem is you're lost in it. The hair is flat and long. Everything's being pulled down. You can see none of you. As far as the performance goes, I feel like I wasn't getting much of the comedy, especially with the big personalities around you. Layla McQueen. She stood out to me because she was the most improved. I would have never thought she could last through the whole performance. But I didn't really remember what she had done. The only thing I remember about her is the mole underneath her eye. Ah. So I don't think that's good. You know what this is? This season has very strong personalities. She's out of her league. I know she has a fire in her, but she's going to have to step her pussy up. <laughs> Next, the queens share their thoughts on Dax! Exclamation point. Can I just say one thing real quick? I, I was I wasn't the only person shocked last night that they didn't bleep out pussy. It's like really? It's like uh, they bleep out all these other things, but they didn't when they said step her pussy up. That was not bleeped out on logo. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. Next up, Dax! Exclamation point. I love your face. I love the hair. Something about the bottom of the dress is not done. One thing I did notice from last week: I have an issue with your padding. It almost gives you a quadra butt. Just look at it. The performance, I really wanted you to get that hood, like, uh, you know, and it, and it still never came. And in rehearsals, you would say, oh, yeah, I'll do it when I figure out these steps. I am not a classically trained dancer in the least. And, like, I was also trying to kind of create a character while also thinking too much about other stuff. And, like, you just got to go. Whether you do it wrong or whatever, commit. 
Jacks, exclamation point. Tonight on the runway, it just was all wrong for me. The flower did not go with the dress. The colors were dull. And in the performance, you literally forgot that Dax was there. In Pitch Perfect, I know what it feels like to not be a classical dancer. It just takes courage to get past it. She don't want to fight for it. It's like she's the girl in the girl group with the Beyonce in it. Beyonce only stands out because she really wants it. She's the Pharaoh. The Latavia. I don't want to call no name. <laughs> I'm sure Beyonce will be happy to know that she only stands out because she just really wants it. <laughs> she's not talented at all. She's, she just really wants it. What did you guys think of the critiques of Layla and Dax? Spot on. Spot on. I, I will say this. I got a little bit of a read from a uh, friend of the show, uh, uh, Veronica Mann. Oh, boy, I almost said her, her boy name. Anyway, uh, Veronica Mann, last week when I, I went after Michelle's look last time, I got a, an angry Facebook message from uh, Veronica Mann saying, why am I going after Michelle? I thought Michelle looked a thousand times better this week, but it was exactly what she told Layla. Last week, she had that hair that pulled down that was kind of covering her face and her it just kind of like, you know, pulled her down. Wait a minute. The people at home can't see this, but why do you have a corkscrew in your hand with the cork sticking out? I mean, the, with the screw, I'm sorry. I was just, I'm playing with it. Like, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I'm opening it and closing it and just like, it's just, it was here on the desk and I'm, I don't know, I'm fidgety. I don't know. Oh, all right. Just think. So make sure. Uh, Taylor, Cause I, okay. Because I'm going to stab you now. Yeah. I'm going to open this bottle of wine right now. <laughs> and I'm going to drink it and it's going to be drink delicious. It right here. Watch, it's going to have a great fucking bouquet. Yeah. RuPaul brings the queens back on stage and names Chi-Chi Devane the winner of this week's challenge. And much to Chi-Chi's surprise, her her prize blows her mind. Based on your bitch-perfect performance and your movie premiere eleganza, I've made some decisions. Chi-Chi Devane, not only did you turn it out, girl, you turned it upside down. Congratulations, you are the winner of this week's challenge. You've won a four-night getaway to an all-gay bed and breakfast in beautiful New England, courtesy of MyGayGetaway.com. So I get to go overseas? No, New England is here in the United States. (laughs) I can can say I live in New England. She's welcome to stay here for four nights. That's fine. Even with those teeth, Daniel? I don't care. She's, a bunch of them have not good teeth this uh, year. Whatever. She's not, hot. Not a good teeth here, yeah. She, she's hot. Sorry. RuPaul names Layla and Dax as the bottom two queens, and this week's lip sync battle is perhaps the most famous gay anthem of all time. The song is so iconic that, for some reason, Michelle asks RuPaul if she's ready. <laughs> the song, I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. Layla and Dax go head-to-head in a pretty subpar lip-sync, leaving RuPaul with a difficult choice. But before you play it, though, yes. we should talk about it now. What did you guys think of the lip-sync? Oh, God, it, it was, was horrible. It, it was, was horrible. Sloppy. Sloppy is really the only thing I could was was going through my head. Both of them are horrible. Especially uh, uh, the most egregious thing to me at first there was this weird cock blocking thing that uh, Dax was doing to Layla. Like every time Layla would try to spin, Dax would like get in her way, and it it, it was awkward a couple of times. But the 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 most egregious error to me was when Dax the the songs were like, "Do you think I would just lay down and die?" And Dax was literally laying down on the stage. I'm like going, "She's saying she wouldn't do that. <laughs> you're right. you're acting out what she wouldn't do." It's just like you know that song to me. Yeah, it's very very famous and it's iconic, right? Yeah, but. It's a rather easy song to lip sync. One, you already know the words, and two, the it, the attitudes right there in the song. I mean, it should be 
a cinch for a drag queen ha- like to, to lip sync that song. That's like a gimme. It's a slow pitch to do that one. They're both- Dax didn't look like she knew the song, but and, and it could have been nerves. It could have been anything. But there was a couple times where it looked like she was lost in the lyrics. Yeah. Well, she said she wasn't a disco, a disco queen. Yeah. Again, these are both like uh, 22 year olds. I think Layla's 22. I don't remember how old Dax is, but it's around that age. They're both very young queens. Um, okay. Well, but yeah, no, you- no. The lip side, there was oh. no... There was no, if there was some kind of, you know, pre-disarmament thing that they were going to kick both of them off this episode, it doesn't matter because it, they should have both been kicked off. That was horrible on both of their parts. So, so anyway, uh, RuPaul had a difficult choice to make. Let's see what she, let's see what she chose. <laughs> Dax exclamation point. Layla McQueen. Neither one of you survived that lip sync. Oh my cuckoo! I must ask you both to sashay away. <gasps> Wait. Second time in history of RuPaul. Two eliminated. Thank you, ladies. It's just cuckoo. Leave the stage. Wow. That was not a quasi elimination. Oh, I had to get that last one in, sir. Back in the workroom, Dax and Layla share their disappointment. Both of us? We're glad we made it here, but it sucks to go home second, third. That's about accurate, yeah. I know I gave it. I didn't half-ass it. I just wish it hadn't gone this way. I look forward to a nap and vodka. Lots of vodka. Back on the main stage, the shocking twists aren't done yet. RuPaul borrows Michelle's phone and makes a very mysterious phone call. Michelle, may I borrow your phone? I done used up my minutes. (laughs) Hi, it's RuPaul. Who the fuck is RuPaul talking to? Listen, I had to eliminate two queens today. How soon can you get here? Fuck. Someone's coming back. Boom, 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 boom. And with that, we have to wait until next week to find out who was on the other line. Uh, guys, what do you think about shocking twist ending both the double elimination and that phone call? I The phone call thing was more interesting to me because while... I think I know who's coming back. I, I oh, oh, you do. Well, I think it, I think it's the what's her name, the one we all hate, Nasha. Nasha. I think Nasha. Oh coming no, no, back. no 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 because no. Hear me out. Hear me all out. Right, okay, when okay. Shangela was voted off the first time, mm-hmm. RuPaul threw all sorts of accolades at her. Right as, as she said, sashay away. That you're so talented and da 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 da. Blah 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 blah. The first thing that she said to Nasha, which she goes, "You are one of the most beautiful queens we've ever had on this show." But Shangela came back in a different season. I, I understand that, but I, th- 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 who are they going to bring back? Somebody? Oh, uh, I, I have a theory. What's, what's your theory, Daniel? My theory is is that somebody had a scheduling conflict. That there was there was a queen they wanted on this season that had a scheduling conflict. How many queens did we have this year? Twelve. Twelve. Didn't we have thirteen last year? We, we usually have thirteen. So to me, it's just kind of like a. 12 made it an even hundred so that they could, you know, say it's the hundredth queen in the hundredth episode. Um, and then you had a queen that like couldn't quite make it there because of some other 
you know, commitment. They can only come in like, you know, a week into the shooting. Cause I mean, these episodes only take two days for them to, to record or whatever. Right. So they're only about a week into this recording process. So somebody couldn't make it there by starting day. They knew at some point they were going to bring them in. And then this, you know, presented itself, you know, they were going to bring them in anyway, but this just added to the drama. I think, I think it's a brand new queen that we don't, you know, that- I agree mostly with Daniel. I don't think it's like that. I don't think they would put up with that. I think it's, this is, this was, they, they plotted out the season and they said, Two or three episodes in, because there's a theory that this this I Will Survive was supposed to be next week when there's a roller skating challenge. Mm-hmm. If you remember in the in the I Will Survive video, some crazy bitch is roller skating as a song plays. But so, you know what? You know what? I, when I hear those theories, I immediately think back to uh, you know in previous times when I like when I went and saw Katya and stuff, and they talk about these things. It's like they always confirm that they have the song list ahead of time and it's broken out by week. It's, no, it's, no. So it's like, I don't think they switched a week of the song. I think that that is a fantasy. It's like this, these are the oh, songs. I don't think are, it's a fantasy. Like when you look at the episodes, you're like, Oh, sometimes they, they move this. They may have a list of songs, maybe not by week, but they have a list of songs and, uh, they move them around as they see fit because sometimes you're like, wait, why wouldn't they play that song with that challenge? Like, Oh, they moved it. Cause they realized we want this person to shine better in that one. Anyway, moving on. I don't think it's that. I mean, I think they plotted out we're going to bring a queen back early, early on in the season. That's what makes sense to bring in a brand new queen. Now, on Reddit, to go with the Reddit thing again. Wait, wait, wait. You just contradicted. Your, do you agree with me that it's going to be I, a brand I, new I, queen? I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you on the whole. Okay. It's a brand new queen. Because it sounded like you Reddit, just said you don't believe that there will be a brand new queen. Well, I don't believe it because she was had scheduling conflicts. I believe it was plotted out. Okay. And they knew they were going to do this. So then... Uh, you know, what's always impressive about these Reddit detectives is that, like, literally the show films in July, and by the end of the week, they know everyone who's on the season. Yes. And they had, a, the 12 queens, they had 11 of them right. The 12th one that they were so shocked that they got it wrong was this queen named Scarlet Starlet, okay. who wasn't on, and they were convinced she was on the show. And so I'm thinking, my guess is Scarlet Starlet, who they originally thought was going to be in the original cast, is that new queen? I've seen her on YouTube. I know I'm familiar with her. Yeah. Now I don't think that Rue was on the phone with Scarlett. Oh Maybe no, no, she no, no. That that was staged. Yeah, no, yeah, that was clearly no, 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 no. What I meant, what I meant was she's calling an old queen to bring someone, or I don't know. Maybe it is Scarlett Starlet. Who knows? But the, in theory, the character. I, I think we'll find out who it is exactly. If yes, Taylor. It is, if it is a previous queen from a previous season, who do you think it would be? And we were definitely looking at the theory of the new queen, but who do you think they would bring back from a previous season? If anybody. I You know, I've been trying to think of this. I can't really, you know, Katya went too far in that competition to bring mm-hmm. her back. Uh, they brought Trixie back within that same season, which was the one. Yeah, so it's not Trixie. So I don't, and it's like those early queens that year that went, like Tempest Du Jour. I don't think you know. I don't really see anybody from see, last season. Yeah. And see, They're I think bring- it would be Katya. I, oh I no, 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 no! But no, Katya no, no. made it to what? To and Katya's an all stars. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know, but she was so well loved from everybody. Well, I think the theory is she's going to win all stars. She well, or Alaska yeah. is going to win. Um. Yeah, I think it's a new queen. I can't see them bringing back an old queen again. This is, this is this would be something new that they haven't done. And once again, you bring in a new queen, you have to bring in a new queen episode three or four. You can't do it really past that. So this is what we would like for you to do, ladies and gentlemen, is head over to Facebook, 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 Facebook.com slash Drag Race Recap. That is our Facebook page. And we have a post there that says, uh, give us a one sentence view of what you believe the, uh, the the person that's coming back is going to be or what's going to happen. So just head over there to facebook.com slash drag race recap. Give us your thoughts on what that will be. Um, 
And I think what we're going to do, uh, because we get a lot of emails, we get a lot of uh, contact, and now that we have a Twitter account, what's our Twitter account, Joe Batanz? Our Twitter account is Drag Race at Drag Race Recap. Right. So uh, if you you can also tweet to us what you would like to think. I think we're going to start this next week or this coming week here. We're going to start filming a late week, just a a uh, what do we want to call it? Like a contact show. So just going over mini email. episode. Yeah, like a mini episode, just going over emails. What now? We are going to go over the emails that we have this week. I mean, for tonight, which all came from last week. So they all came what from a great transition, time. Daniel. Why don't you do the, the emails now? But before we do that, I just wanted to say my last thoughts on this episode. Um, nah, I want to hear the emails. <laughs> I know. I want to tell you. I okay. do. You, I, I thought this was weird. Do you, do you realize that Alaska Thunderfox uh, drag daughter, whatever, Nebraska Thunderfox, that is one of Derek's boyfriends? Like, yeah, we talked that. about that. On, I did we not talked know about that. that. We talked about that on the Meet the Queens episode. Yeah, she brought it up on Meet the Queens. In fairness, I might have been high <laughs> during the recording of that episode. In fairness, we knew. <laughs> yeah. In fairness, it was obvious. <laughs> all right, great. Let's go to the emails. Uh, we have several different emails. These are all, uh, we also got a couple from season two, I mean, from episode two, uh, that will be handled on the later in the week show. So these are all from from episode one, uh, all the people that wrote in here. We thank everyone for, for writing in. Uh, we did edit them a little bit for time, so if you didn't hear exactly what you you know, you know wrote, then that I should shut up now. Anyway, uh, regarding season eight, episode one, Runway. Hey, Squirrel Friends. One thing that you didn't talk about that I noticed was the overabundance of bad puns during the runway segment. I felt the entire panel of judges went back and watched the original challenges to see what horrible puns they could still mine out of the looks this time around. It was RuPauling. <laughs> that comes to our from our friend Scott, the Seder 69, uh, host of the Seder Sphere podcast. Uh, so thank you very much, uh, Seder. By the way, I just... Like today dawned on me, wait, Carson and Ross weren't there this week and I didn't really miss them. Yeah. No, <laughs> that was sort I, of the I consensus. Yeah. Uh, Kim Chi is the subject of our next email. Hey guys, new listener to your podcast. Uh, you brought up what seems like, no, you guys brought up that it seems like you've heard about Kim Chi for years now and I was having the same thought. So I did a little research and found that the first post on her Instagram was June of 2013, just two years before the filming of season eight. And her first mention on Feast of Fun is November in 2014. To me, it also feels like she's been around for five years at least, but I guess she's just had that big of an impact. Keep up the amazing show, y'all. Sincerely, Gabe. P.S. Fun fact, Kim Chi is 6'3 without heels. So thank you very much, Gabe. There you go. Uh, I, I never heard of her till this season, so that was great. Uh, yeah. uh, next one comes in. Hi, guys! Exclamation point. So excited to be a listener. Came across your podcast when I was trying to find live links to RuPaul's Drag Race since I don't have Logo TV and I don't like waiting until 2 a.m. to see it online. Number one, Bob Uh-oh. the Drag... <laughs> Number one, Bob the Drag Queen's sleeve was black. So when she puts her hand on her hip, her outfit spells out cunt. That's yes, I yeah. somebody pointed that out to me yeah. and I meant to text you guys about that. Yeah. But right. it uh, was so obvious once you saw it. I yeah. felt so dumb for not yeah. seeing it. It's like those, I felt dumb too. Like those cliffhangers. Uh number two, my theory on Derek Barry is that she will have a meltdown before her elimination on episode seven. Maybe symbolizing two thousand and seven when Brittany had her meltdown. <laughs> God, is that almost 10 years ago? (laughs) Jesus, that happened almost 10 years ago. That's amazing. Also, will we see her in a beautiful bald queen, like when Britney shaved her head? 
don't know. I think Derek's too vain to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, again, I think this is one of those things like you guys give the producers way too much credit for like, <laughs> it's like a lot of coincidences happen, but you guys like uh, think that they have like some kind of like crystal balls or something. Uh, number three, Kim Chi is top four hunties trust. I, I think we all would. I think we all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four, the shade button is the bomb. Yeah, here's the problem with it though. You're the only one who has access to uh, it. I'm yeah. working on. I'm working on that. I actually. Uh, so uh, fair. What full disclosure? Whatever. My 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 day job is. I'm a computer programmer. So I was actually working on writing a distributed soundbar card so that you guys could click a button and it would play the sound here. Anyway, that's not important. Uh, anyway, I just finished popping, so I have to go. Ciao. And that is Espiritu Twenty Nine that wrote that. Espiritu. Espiritu? Spirit in Spanish. He said it to us and goes, Espiritu29 on Instagram. And then I go and look, and it's a private account. So I can't even see your Instagram. How dare you? How can I stalk you if I can't even see your Instagram? Said the only single person on this panel. Anyway, uh, the next one, subject. She- um, you're being shady. You're, yeah. I'm, we hit I'm that sorry. shade button with your sink. Yeah. <laughs> you're not as single as you let on. But I'm dating two people. I'm not neither one of them. Seriously, I'm single. Anyway, uh, she lived for the applause is the subject line of this next one. Uh, I thought that Layla McQueen slayed her lip sync at the end of episode one. I okay. watched her amazing mm. performance several times. If what? she's considered one of the worst queens, then this is going to be a good season. I saw Taylor nodding his oh, head. Oh, that's true. Yeah. No, I thought she did great last. You know what? You're right. You're right. With her last week, her lip sync. I go ahead, Taylor. Sorry. Well, that, that's why I said. Yeah, you're it, right. I completely, her lip sync. <laughs> No, I'm being serious now, Taylor. I'm being serious. So if I was going to see her at a show at a show where she performed like last week, I would want to go see her, like I said before, but this week was no, this was you're an asshole. Continuing on, a question. Why doesn't RuPaul have drag queens on the judge panel? To my knowledge, all of the judges besides Ru have been minor celebrities who have never performed in drag. Why not have some past drag race winners on the panel? I think when only non-drag performers judge the girls, it sends a message that drag artists are less than regular performances. I mean, re- less than regular performers. I, I disagree with that. I don't, I don't think you have to be a drag queen to uh, judge, you know, how they appear on stage, right? We're the audience, right? It's like, uh, you know, this isn't a technical competition. They're not like saying, uh, you know, uh, well, maybe it is a technical competition, but it's, it's more, it's a performance competition, right? Well, she does kind of have a drag queen on, st- on with her and that's Michelle Visage. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things is like, I, I'm not a drag queen, but I was a bartender in a gay bar, a very prominent drag bar in Ivor City for many years. And I, you know, I, I worked with drag queens. I've, you know, been backstage. I've seen all of the aspects of, of a drag show. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so it's like, I'm not, I'm not a stranger to any of that. Um, so I don't know. I, people can have different experiences with that. I think. I, th- I think that you would have a problem if you had, cause I actually thought that tonight. I'm like, I wonder why they don't ever have even like past winners on or anything, but I think you would have too much of a problem just because it's one thing to have somebody like Michelle Visage or somebody that kind of can look at it from a piece of where you're getting quote unquote constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have another drag queen, it could be seen as a read yeah. versus being looked at as, you know, try to do this next time, not, and then they're not going to hear what's being said. Now, that being said, I would think that would make for better television because then you've got where they were talking about an Untucked where they said eventually Acid Betty is going to go off on one of the judges. So you could you would get that of where they would be going off on each other. But I think that it, it probably wouldn't work from a judging standpoint. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I never noticed that, but I, I think it, it's one of these things, too, especially how Rue sees herself and how she's established herself is like, well, Rue is the ultimate drag expert. Why would you have anyone other than that? Why would you have another drag queen who's obviously not going to be expert as Rue? The other thing, too, is they have something kind of close to it with the um, fashion Rue on World of Wonder. Oh, yeah, with, with Raja, Raja and, and Raven. Raven. Yeah. And they're, 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 they're doing the looks and they do a good job. Yeah, I would say this. I would say this. It's the judging panel is the judging panel, right? The ultimate decision is made by the producers and RuPaul. So it's like, it really doesn't matter whether, you know, Lucian says that someone was horrible or not. They're going to hear that, but it's not like he has a vote in who stays or who goes. Ultimately, it comes down to the producers and RuPaul as to who stays and who goes. So these are really just kind of talking heads. And it's not the only reality show to do that, right? Project Runway always has like people on that, you know, have an interest in fashion, but they're not, they're not designers. You know, they love the other it. thing too is when, when often when you're in drag, you're playing a character. Yeah. Right. And Rue is a, the character already exists as it is. And so like, do you really want to hear, Lady Bunny in character reading somebody. I don't know. It, I, I can see why it wouldn't work. I, I could see why it wouldn't work. Now that being said, I would I would find it interesting to have a you know like a Bianca Del Rio come in and guest judge one time and maybe that'll Look, happen. You know and I know the second RuPaul decides that she's done with this show, they're bringing in um, <laughs> Bianca Del Rio BDR. <laughs> Uh, okay, finally on this email here, a note to Joe, just because we like the RDRR podcast doesn't mean we're stalking you, bitch. Please. Wait, what happened? Yeah, I said we had email last week, even though we hadn't told people our email address, and you said, oh my God, they're stalking us. So oh, I was It was, was a kidding. playful thing. Anyway, it's much love. This comes from our regular correspondence from Musing Mark. Uh, so Uh-oh. thank you, Musing Mark. Uh, our- Stop stalking us, please. <laughs> Subject line, Revelation. Hi there. I'm a new listener. I love all these new listeners, by the way. Uh, Hi there. I'm a new listener who just listened to your two season eight podcast, and I'm so thankful to have found your show. I switched jobs in the fall, and now I have no one to talk drag race with, and your show totally scratches that itch. I had this revelation while listening to your podcast that I hope you'll appreciate. When you were trying to figure out who Thorgy looks like in drag, Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana, so true. I was trying to figure out who she looks like out of drag, and it came to me, Skippy from Family Ties. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And she included, this comes from Ellen, she actually included a picture of Skippy with his little round glasses, totally dead on Thorgy Thor. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's... The, uh, Gilda Radner and Skippy from Family Ties had a baby, and it's a drag queen in, on Ru- in Brooklyn. Yes, I, yes. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and that's I believe funny. our final email comes in this evening. Says drag thoughts. Hey, RDRR, I love the podcast. I love your individual podcast. Now let's get to it. <laughs> I know oh, the memes Lord. are going around with Acid Betty as the lost twin to Pepper from American Horror Story. But when, I, <laughs> but when I saw Acid Betty out of drag, I thought for a second Santino Rice was back and now doing drag. With Carson and Ross as judges, doing drag is about the only way Santino could get back on the show at this point. Just thought of Santino and drag somewhere Ginger Minge must have flooded her basement. Uh. Also, Cynthia Lee Fontaine, I know you guys don't watch any of the Real Housewives shows, but Cynthia is a dead ringer for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills cast member Kyle Richards. You'll have to do your Googles to see, but what is up with her accent? 
Uh, remember, there's always time for a cocktail of work that puss not today, Satan. Oh, crrr, party mother has arrived. The cosmic queen departs. Come on, Nina Flowers. Keep those nuts out of my face. Not today, Satan. <laughs> P.S. You guys condone yourselves very well. Thanks, Christopher. Oh, wow. Christopher <laughs> nailing those catchphrases. Who, the, the one with Skippy. Who did you say wrote that email? Uh, did you Ellen. ever say who that was? Yeah, Ellen. Oh, Ellen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres wrote yes. an email about... <laughs> Hey, and you can write us your very own email by sending it to rdrr at pride48.com. And uh, we will uh, send us your thoughts on episode two or this particular episode. And we will get to that later this week. So there will be a brand new shiny episode for you for the weekend. So that'll be fun. Are we done with the email? We are, sir. We are done with the email. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. I want to thank my co-hosts Daniel Brewer and Taylor the Latte Boy, plus a special shout-out to Fred Goldman. Follow us on Twitter (laughs) at... Poor Fred Goldman. Follow us on Twitter at Drag Race Recap. Friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Drag Race Recap. And make sure to visit our website at Pride48.com slash RDRR, where you can find all of our contact information, leave us a comment, and find all of our old episodes. So, until next week, for Daniel Brewer, Taylor the Latte Boy, Fred Goldman, and myself, Sashay Away. Until next week. <laughs>